So I remember one point in my life a while ago, I remember hearing about <clears throat> privatized prisons coming into the into the mix of things. And I thought, oh, that's kind of weird. You know, you know, privatizing, there's going to be a guy that owns it or a company that owns it. Just seems kind of weird, right? And uh, it seems like uh, now that that's a growing industry and there's money to be made, it, it kind of caught my attention again. And that <clears throat> it caught my attention, I feel like maybe 10 years ago I started seeing reports on, on prison statistics and stuff like that. And, you know, and right now the U.S. is the country with the largest prison prison population which is kind of disturbing in a way too and i don't know it just got me looking more into it and trying to figure out you know will we all eventually get put in jail to sustain this industry that's that's growing you know cuz that would totally suck right i mean it's bad enough right now that we're we're uh at the top of the list as far as the amount of people that are citizens here or that are in prison. And I'll go into some stuff and I'll, I'll research some stuff during this podcast episode, but just, just, uh, yeah, just take it all in and, uh, let me know what you guys think. Leave comments in the comment sections and stuff like that. And, Let's uh let's prepare to uh go behind bars, so to speak. Politicism. Langism. Socialism. Spiritualism. Fabulism. Nationalism. Elaborate schism. Mysticism. Colloquialism. Anti-establishmentarianism. Communism. Spiritualism. everybody welcome back to the langisms podcast and i'm lang in case you didn't know or were wondering and uh this is my podcast where i just talk about all kinds of stuff that comes through my brain basically uh different thoughts different ideas looking into different things that i don't know about and uh this episode will be a little bit of all of that right um, but before we get started, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys know that you can contact me at langisms at gmail.com. Or if you go to the blog, you can uh, make a rem comment on any of the blog postings and contact me through the blog. And that's langisms.blogspot.com. And I always post uh, links to the episodes for the podcast there. Any resource links that I talk about on the podcast, I usually post there as well. As long as an uh, uh, inspiring quote, usually by somebody, as well as a little, a little paragraph about what the podcast is about. 
And uh, maybe I'll get my butt in gear and do some more writing soon, too. So maybe keep an eye out for that. Um, also, I'm on Facebook. I have a page there. You can like it and share it and, and, and leave comments on it and all kinds of stuff. And you can contact me through that as well. And that's Langisms. And that's on Facebook. And right now, the podcast is available on SoundCloud, Buzzsprout, iTunes, Google Play, and now Spotify. So there's plenty of uh, choices for listening to the podcast for you guys out there. And if any of the formats you listen to let you share it or like it and do all that great stuff, I would greatly appreciate it because I like doing this and I want more people to listen. Maybe somebody will hear something, make them think or question things or look to correct their own behavior or own thought patterns because I'm constantly working on that. And uh, I think that's it. Oh, and just so you guys know, I have a new podcast I do with my sister about spirituality and stuff because there was a point where I was talking a lot about spirituality on the podcast and I decided I was going to kind of change it up and go back to some more kind of uh, topics that kind of are, you know, invading throughout our society and our thoughts and our, our cultures and stuff. So, um, if you can want to go check out that podcast about spirituality and some of the trials and stuff of it, you can go listen to it on, uh, on Buzzsprout, iTunes, Spotify, Google play, and we have a YouTube channel for that as well. And that's a uh, disturbing behavior. I recommend going, checking that out. And, uh, Also liking and sharing and spreading the goodness. All right. And, uh, okay, I think that's going to wrap up any kind of, uh, any kind of things that you guys might want to know. I would appreciate and get it contacted. I appreciate all my viewer, my listeners, sorry, not viewers. And, uh, I would love to hear from you guys about some of the things that I've talked about and maybe spark up a even more conversation about this topic and maybe other topics. And this topic happens to be the prison industrial complex. All right. So, uh, let's check it out. Um, I got some websites I got information off of. I got that pulled up and I have some stuff written down and, uh, we'll go ahead and start. So... This is uh, from the SBS uh, website, and uh, they state that there are over 2.3 million Americans currently in prison, and they say that this spike in people in prison actually started in 1980. You started to see an influx of people going to jail. wonder what could have happened then. Maybe a little bit of war on drugs? Hmm. Well, we'll get to that eventually, so hold your horses. Okay, the U.S. houses, the U.S. houses almost half, which is a quarter of the world's po- prison population. So out of all the pre- people in prison across the entire world, a quarter of them, one-fourth of them, is in America. That's a pretty... Uh, pretty large amount i would think you know just for one country to share that oh yeah we take up a quarter usa usa okay um there are over one million arrests per year for drug possession again 
War on drugs, maybe? And a million's, a million's quite a bit, you know? And that's for just possession. That's just having it. And that could mean anything, really. Um, here's an interesting t- t- statistic. Only 23% of released prisoners stay out of prison. That means that there's a, there's a likelihood, a very large likelihood, over half of half half and half you know you'll it's not you will or you won't it's you more than likely will because we're talking what 70 77 percent of people that get released from prison go back to prison Hmm. and i i think from reading and from learning about certain things in our society that Getting out of prison doesn't mean that you're do- you're done paying your debt to society. It follows you around for a long time, and if you don't think it does, then you haven't really looked or talked to anybody or heard the stories about how how difficult it is having a prison record and stuff. And I know you can sit there and say, "Hey, that's just how it is, man. You shouldn't have done the thing that you did." Well, the the why even like let them out if the thing is like you're going to be continually burdened by this, then why even sit there and say, oh, you're free now, but you'll, you'll be back because you're not going to be able to make it out there. You know, and I know there's, there's exemption. There's a, there's an exception to every story, but for the most part, most people will commit crimes again and end up going back because it's just too hard to try to get back, get into mainstream society without the burden of prison or doing a crime hanging over your head at every turn. Yeah. All right. And uh, here's another one. Black Americans are 10 times more likely to go to prison. 10 times more likely. That's a lot. That's a lot. You know? That's... I can't even imagine that. It would be like a guy that's just like me but black is 10 times more likely to go to prison than I am if we were doing the exact same thing or or living the exact same existence. That's crazy, right? And we all know that there's issues around race and stuff in America and around the world. It seems like it's spewing up everywhere. So, yeah. Uh, Running U.S. prison system costs roughly $80 billion a year. $80 $80 billion a year. And everybody's worried about how we're going to pay for free health care. Well, maybe we should worry about how we're paying for this this prison industrial complex and maybe think about the war on drugs because I haven't even got to there yet to talk about the expenses with that. So, um, yeah, let's let's try to curb the cost of putting people in jail and find real ways to, to solve this, this problem and address these uh these issues that surround our culture and society and maybe figure out a way to actually help people that are lost and that are, that are feeling objectified and held down by the system and maybe helping them figure a way out of that, whether that be mental health, whether that be education, whether it be all of those things, we should really look at trying to go from what we're doing with the prison system and, and actually help people become productive members of society and culture, you know? Because obviously it's not working. Prison population keeps growing. It's not working. All right. Here's one I didn't realize. LGBTQ Americans are disproportionately imprisoned. That means that there's 
for the small amount of gay community there is, there's a lot of gay people getting put in jail. Wonder why. I need to look into that a little bit more. Here's one. 12 people die each day in prison. And don't think they're just out there getting shanked. These are people with terminal illnesses that are getting taken care of in jail and not just let go home to die. We'd rather keep them locked up. You know? Although there's probably people getting stabbed and choked and all kinds of stuff, too. L.A. County is the home to the largest prison system on Earth. That's crazy, right? And that's the system. That's the largest prison system. Louisiana is the prison capital of the world, which could mean that there's multiple systems running in there. I know that they have quite a large uh, private prison population. And then um, I remember uh, listening to a podcast about a guy who basically was an undercover reporter and he got a job at a private prison in Louisiana. And just the, the story of that was just like, oh, my God, how it, it didn't just change him. It, it changed the people that are in there. It changes the people that are working there. And it's just not a really great nurture you know, productive environment to rehabilitate people. If anything, it sounds like a real horror show. So those are some statistics on, uh, just generalized prison in America. And again, that was on the SBS.com website. Um, I'll post that. Um, yeah, there was that, uh, that, article uh by the security guard he did a podcast but he wrote an article and i'll post the link to the article it's called my four months as a as a private prison guard by shane bauer and yeah chapter one inmates run this bitch there you go yeah it's a really interesting story and if you want to listen to the podcast i think there's a link to the podcast on that website too and i'll I'll post that. It's from motherjones.com. And um, I think on that note, we'll go ahead and take a commercial break. And when we come back, we'll talk about a little bit about the private, private prison system and also a little bit about the war on drugs, just some statistics and stuff and some of the thoughts I have about that. And, uh, yeah, until then, I need you guys to take your uh, brainwave numbing pharmaceuticals that are distributed to you by the corporate elite to keep your brain waves subdued and your mental ability very suggestible to any kind of messages that they want to barrage you with. So go ahead, recline also put on your virtual reality glasses and might as well go ahead and put the headphones on. So you receive this message in stereo and prepare to have your brain waves and your thought patterns manipulated for the personal gain of my sponsors. This portion of the Langisms podcast is brought to you by Company A. Company A, after decades of strenuous research consuming endless amounts of resources, brings you the brand new world-changing product. I-Government. You heard that right. With I-Government, there is no more need to know or care where your vote is going. 
imagine the countless horrors and inconveniences that you will no longer care about. Like worrying about who's in charge of, well, everything will disappear. Opening your time to do things like work more. Enjoy the long list of products we pride ourselves for offering to the public. And, for a limited time, get a free six-pack of Distraction Ultra with the purchase of iGovernment. While supplies last, iGovernment. Brought to you by... Company A is a proud supporter of the Omega Foundation. All right, everybody. Uh, welcome back from that commercial break. I hope you enjoyed those subliminal messages from my sponsors. They are, after all, what keeps the world spinning around and around. Wouldn't you say? All right. So back to what we were talking about. We talked about uh, the industrial comp- prison industrial complex. Excuse me. And uh, next we're going to talk about pri- the private prison system. And I have a website from the sentencingproject.org, a little page on this. And it starts off by saying in um, 2016, there was 1,028, excuse me, I'm sorry, 128,063 incarcerated people in private prisons. And that accounts for 8.5% of the prison population. So that counts for the 8.5% of the 2.3 million Americans currently in prison, something like that. And I'm sure the number's higher now because this, this is like two years old. Um, so that that's probably actually a higher percentage because they've been building more private prisons across the country, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, and since 2000, that that number has increased 47%. So of that 8.5%, there has been an increase up to that 8.5% of 47%. So it was much lower in 2000, and now it's starting to climb. So that's kind of some interesting tidbits of information. And it says like stuff like New Mexico incarcerates over 40% of its prison population in private facilities. There's only 23 states that do not employ any for-profit prisons. In 2016, 27 states and federal government incarcerated people in private facilities run by corporations, including CEO Group, Core Civic, formerly Corrections Corporation of America, and Management and Training Corporation. They sound all like like nice, right? Yeah. Um, let's see it says also the BJS data 19 of the states with private prisons contracts sorry about that 19 of the states with private prison contracts incarcerate more than 500 people in for profit prison and Texas was the first state to adopt private prisons in 1985 and incarcerated the largest number of people under a state jurisdiction, which was 13,692. So that was in 1985. So if you, if you go to prison in Texas, I guess you're going to a private prison. 
so somebody can make some money. Uh, there's been an overall rise in prison population of 9%. And in two, like I said, in 2000, the number of people in private prisons increased 47%. Wow, it says the federal prison system experienced a 120% increase in use of private prisons since 2000. That's quite a bit, don't you think? Like, the government's paying people to put people in prison. And, I mean, let, let's, let's be honest about this, okay? We're talking about a corporation, a business, running a prison, so don't think that they're just sitting there like waiting for the customer to show up and stuff. They have a contract. I guarantee they have a contract with the city, the state, the local government, the county government. They, they have a contract with somebody, the federal government. They have a contract with somebody. And I guarantee you in that contract that they have to keep a certain amount of revenue coming into that prison. Otherwise, it's not worth their time and money unless they're increasing profit. Because that's what business does. That's what corporations do. They increase profit on a yearly basis. So therefore, you have to keep incarcerating people. Well, how do you do that? If Does that mean everybody is going to be incarcerated eventually? I mean, think about that. Like, what are you going to do when you run out of the low-hanging fruit to throw into prison? You're going to start, you know... Coming up with ways to arrest other people to get them put into jail so you can keep the quota up so that you can sit there and keep feeding this corporation money and and not face a penalty probably for not keeping the population up to a certain percentage in a pr private prison. I guarantee you that's in, 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 in a contract somewhere. If anybody knows of anything like that, let me know in the comments or in a, send me an email or something because that's just crazy. Okay, so over the years from 2000 to 2016, the private prison population reached its peak in 2012 with 137,220 people. And then it started to decline for three years before going back up again in 2016. So it's going back up. And uh, Obama tried to... Pass, get a policy get done to reduce the reliance and ultimately phase out private prison contracts. But that was ultimately uh, reversed by none, none, none other than Attorney, Attorney General Jeff Sessions. And that was overturned in 2017. So we were trying to make a move to break away from this, this silliness of, of profitizing and monetizing prison. And uh, that got shut down by corporate puppets in your government. You know, that's who's really like making these laws is the corporations that are lobbying, getting laws passed so that they can jump right in and make a bunch of money off of things that we shouldn't be profiting off of. I mean, and you can go ahead and you can look at private prisons. These people are made to work for like a dollar a day or sometimes less. Sometimes not even like five bucks a day if you're going to go out and risk your life fighting fires like in California, like some of the prisoners do, you know.
slave wage labor, something like that. Just slave labor, basically. Okay. Proportion of incarcerated population in private prisons 2015, and this is a graph of the U.S. And um, it looks like there's, what was it, 23 states without private prisons, something like that. But some of them are very heavily engaged in the percentage of private prisons, like in Montana, greater than 30% of the population is in private prisons as well as in Arizona. And then the next runners up are Oklahoma and Tennessee. And then after that, you have a bunch of like other ones, like, uh, that's weird. It says no private prisons in Louisiana. I thought they had a large thing of private prisons. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but then you have things like Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Ohio, Indiana, New Jersey, Vermont, uh, Arizona. Oh, New Mexico was the one that was greater than 30%. Uh, Colorado, Wyoming, Alaska. And and actually Hawaii, I didn't see it, but Hawaii has a population of greater than 30% in private prisons as well. So, and that's, uh Yeah. Even California has a percentage of people in private prisons, you know, they're not, they're not the most out of the population, but they're, they're up there, which makes me wonder why it's in those states, you know, and maybe it's because of the drug problem in those states. I mean, you get really into rural America, there's a large problem with meth and, and all that kind of stuff and heavy drinking and, you know, doing crazy shit just because there's, you know nothing there and you're kind of neglected and then it breaks down state by state from 2000 to 2016 the percentage of uh, incarceration in private prisons so I'm looking down the list. Florida has a very large percent. California has a large percentage of people. Um, California went from 2,000, 4,547 to 7,005 in 2016. So almost doubled. It's getting up there. Close. 2,000 off of doubling. Florida went from 3,912 to 12,176. That's crazy, right? That's a 211.3% change. California was a 54.1% change in that time. That's crazy. Arizona went from 1,430 to 8,285, which is a 479.4% change. That's positive growth. Indiana went from 991 to 3,927 which is a 296.3% growth. Jesus Christ. Ohio went from 1,918 to 6,259. That's 226.3% growth in the amount of population in private prisons. 
an even Tennessee went up 3,510 to 7,433, which is 111.8% growth. And in the federal level, it went up 120% from 15,524 to 34,159. That's crazy, right? You know... I want to look into when you move to a state, check one out that doesn't have private prisons. So you probably have less of a chance of getting arrested for something stupid and going to jail. It's amazing. You know? It just... I don't understand how we can sit there and decide that we're just going to profit off of everything, including this. You know? Because guaranteed, this does not solve problems. This is this is set up to make money. This isn't set up to sit there and rehabilitate people and give them a second chance at life and being productive citizens. And I guarantee if you listen to some of the horror stories that are coming out of these places, you'll just be like, what? That's like a real thing? They, they wouldn't let that happen. Oh, no way. But that shit's go- shit is crazy. Shit is crazy. And I think we can all agree that a, the big spike in all this basically started with the war on drugs. Because before that, most of the people in prison were in there for violent offenses or or running uh, monetary scams and robbing people and stuff like that. You know, they weren't in there for uh, smoking a joint or whatever it is they were doing. Not until the war on drugs. Thanks, Nancy and Ronald. Although I really believe that it started uh, with Nixon, I think, and even before that with uh, reefer madness and stuff. And uh, I think on that note, I'm going to go ahead and send you guys off to another commercial break for my sponsors. And when we come back, we'll talk about the war on drugs and how it has affected all of this imprisonment shit right so go ahead dim your lights put on your lava lamp or your strobe light or whatever other fixture you want to gaze into and experience the sweet sweet messages of my sponsors as they dull you into a false sense of security for your future because hey that's what they do. So go ahead. Enjoy these messages from my sponsors. This segment of the Langisms podcast is brought to you by the Omega Foundation. Funding the corporate machine to misguide those that believe in the salvation of Corporations and big business. The Omega Foundation. Developing our stranglehold on the minds of the greedy so that they feel the dismissal of government and everything else that will actually benefit the common good is not a good thing. The Omega Foundation. Continuing our global domination to inject and force our principles among those less fortunate. The Omega Foundation. Helping those we think deserve it the most. 
All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed those messages. Once again, from my wonderful sponsors. They just, they can't get enough of you. And your brain. And your uh, free will. So, what we're going to talk about next that has to do with the prison industrial complex is a little bit about the war on drugs. And we're just going to cover some statistics from that. And, um... I think what I recall saying was that the the prison system costs roughly $80 billion a year. Well, the amount annually spent in the U.S. on the war on drugs is $50 plus billion. The number of arrests in 2016, again, we're back to 2016, in the U.S. for d- drug law violations was 1,572,000. 579 and out of those arrests the number of them that were for possession only was 1,249,025 which is 84% 84% that is a lot that is a lot Imagine how much of that 50 plus billion dollars account is accounted for that. Just imagine. And and that was the war on drugs. That was drug law violations and then the number of people arrested for marijuana law violations. So this is out of out of those 84% which was 1,249,025, the number of people that were arrested for a marijuana law violation only was 653,249. And the number of them that were arrested for possession only, just having it, 574,641, 89%. 89% of the 653,249 people arrested for marijuana law violation in 2016 was for possession only. They weren't selling it. They weren't doing anything. They just had it. Marijuana, pot, it's legal in some states. Go look it up. That's crazy. portion of people incarcerated for drug offense in state prison who are black or Latino, although these groups use and sell drugs at similar rates as white, is 57%. So a little more than half. And then it talked about the number of Americans incarcerated in 2016 for federal, state, and local prisons and jails, 2,157,000. Oh, God, it's the highest incarceration rate in the world, people. Like, what are we doing? What are we fucking doing? Number of states that allow the medical use of marijuana is 30 plus the District of Columbia. And the number of states that approve legal taxing and regulating marijuana is nine. Which is Alaska, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Nevada, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington State. Um, and the number of states that have decriminalized or removed the threat of jail time for simple possessions of small amounts of marijuana is 22. So 
<clears throat> there is this trend to, to to sit there and say, "Hey, look, this is out of control. This is stupid. Um, it's it's not worth it." You know, it's people want to use recreational drugs, which is no different than drinking. It really isn't. In fact, if you look up the statistics, I think you'll find that. There's more problems related to alcohol than there is with marijuana. I'm not saying that cocaine, heroin, and all that stuff should be uh, readily available to the masses or anything, but I'm saying that certain things that are are that can be used for medicinal purposes, for recreational purposes, for you know movie watching purposes, and enhancing different parts of your psyche and and um, different parts of your uh, nervous system in certain ways to help you relax and stuff that make you uh, less likely to go out and harm somebody I don't see a problem with, you know? But there's there's uh, there's there's crimes related to marijuana, yeah, because the, it's a crime to, to basically grow it and distribute it. If there wasn't, there, would there really be a bunch of underground people running around trying to sell weed on the corner? Why would you even do that? You could just go to the store. Right? All right. Some more uh, statistics. Number of people killed in Mexico's drug war since 2006 is 100,000 plus. Um, And that's, what, 12 years? 12 years, 100,000 people. The number of people killed in the Philippines' drug war since 2016 since they started their drug war is 10,000 and they're out of control over there. They're just walking up, shooting people. You're like, are you selling something? Boom. Judge Dredd style. And the number of students who have lost federal financial aid eligibility because of a drug conviction is 200,000 plus people. Because if you're, if you want to get student aid and you want to go to school and you need to get a student loan, you cannot get a student loan. If you have any, any record of any kind of crime, especially a drug offense. For some reason, that's that's really, like, stamped in there. Like, you can't be caught for, for any kind of drug offense. I remember reading that, uh, filling out my student loan applications and stuff. Let's see. The number of people in the U.S. who died from a drug overdose in 2016 is 64,070. So people are dying of drug overdoses. You know, heroin, cocaine, prescription drugs. So it says the tax revenue that drug legalization would yield annually if currently illegal drugs were taxed at rates comparable to those on alcohol and tobacco is $46.7 billion. That's just the tax revenue. That's not talking about how much the industry is actually making. You know, the industry is making a lot more than that. But that's a lot of money you can get in taxes just from that. And it says also that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention found that syringe access programs lower HIV incidences among people who are injected by drugs, which is 80%. So the war on drugs has been going on since, I can remember, since at least 1980. So it's been going on for 38 years, and nobody's winning so certain people are losing definitely 
but it hasn't solved any of the problem. So I think I think if you've tried something for 38 years and you're like, we need more funding for this, we need to keep it going. It's like maybe you should really step back and say, okay, is this approach really working? And if not, what are some other approaches that might work? What could we do to try to alleviate this problem? Would decriminalizing drug offenses be part of it? Would offering programs to help people get back on their feet after incarceration help? It sure would. Would the stigma that getting arrested for whatever and going to jail and paying your your dues to society, wouldn't it be better if there was a support system after a person gets out to kind of make sure that they become a productive member of society instead of a stigma and some kind of weird idea that you have about people that have gone to prison and gotten out? I think I think the system needs to change. I think I think that it's 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 not good to monetize putting people in jail. I don't think it's not good to deny them access to education or or to hinder their ability to vote or to take away their property and stuff for simple things that are done on a daily basis by a wide majority of people, but they don't seem to be affected by it, such as smoking marijuana or having marijuana on you for personal use. I think that should totally go away. I think that we could save a ton of money and divert that into more, more progressive, more productive programs to help people and to help the general population get out of this pit that we seem to be stuck in and keep digging further and further down into. And trust me, this is only one of the, one of the topics, you know, the prison industrial complex is just one of the giant industries that are connected to our society. And there's plenty of more. I mean, you have a food industry an energy industry, a technology industry, um, we could talk about medical and pharmaceutical industry, transportation industry. Let's not forget the big giant military industrial complex. Oh, oh, and plus there is an industry based on charity too. So it's not like this is the only industry that is out of control and trying to like monetize things that shouldn't be monetized. It's just one example. And... I'm hoping in the future we'll address this and we'll we'll change we'll do some massive prison reform and and look at what we can do to to make an individual a productive person in their existence and have a more happier healthier experience in li- of life and you can call that uh living in a pipe dream having my head's in the clouds whatever but I don't agree with the system as it is now and I think it can change Nothing like this is written in stone. It's not this immovable object that that no matter how much we push on, it can't change. It can change. And more than likely in the future, it will. Once we once we sit down and we all realize where we're at, what's going on and all that good stuff. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it. I think that's going to do it for this podcast, everybody. Um, I hope you enjoyed learning about the prison industrial complex as much as I did. I hope it got you thinking about things, about how can things change, what can things should change, how that looks. I hope it gave you a little bit of time to, to reflect on some of this and think about it, right? 
And if anybody has any questions, comments, or concerns about this or any other podcast, please, please, please email me at langisms at gmail.com. Or you can go to the blog, langisms.blogspot.com, and contact me, as well as find all the information that I talked about on this podcast, as well as links to the different platforms the podcast is on. You can also go to my Langisms page on Facebook. Follow, like, share, do it all. That'd be appreciated. And um, what else? You can find the podcast on Buzzsprout, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. So check that out there. Um, I would love to hear from everybody. If you have any comments, I would really, really like to hear about it. Or if anybody out there wants to be on a podcast and have a discussion with me about some kind of topic or something, whatever it may be, go ahead and contact me. And yeah, just uh, just think about what I talked about today. Uh, take it in. See how uh, you play a part in, in agreeing to all this because even I, I do that. I've participated in saying that's just how it is. And then decide for yourself whether this is a good thing or bad thing. And then and then maybe together we can find ways to spread the news, to cause change. Not only inside and out, but out, you know, totally. And um, if you're struggling with a lot of this stuff and you're kind of just feeling like you're lost and that nothing is worth it, that there's no way out of this this construct that we've built... Um, if I could suggest one thing to do to try to maybe bring you out of that, that haze of fear and, and, and information and stuff is just go inside yourself, find your center and then find who you really are and give that person some compassion and some caring, some encouragement and all the positive things. But most of all, learn to love yourself because if you can do that, everybody, it is the best place to start. I'm out of here. Peace. Politicism. Langism. Socialism. Spiritualism. Fabulism. Nationalism. Elaborate schism. Mysticism. Colloquialism. Anti-establishmentarianism. Communism. Spiritualism. Capitalism. Globalism. Capitalism. Barbarianism. Naturism. Langisms. <laughs>